What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome you to Port Salt. This is your host, Alan, and we are in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, known for quite a few things as of late. Not only the Southern Miss Golden Eagles are Brett Favre, uh, but also for the vibrant music and comedian scene. And here with me today is the host of the Southern Prohibition Brewery of Comic. Open mic, is that true? I'm a, I'm occasionally the host. We have a new host. His name's Steve White, um, oh. but I do perform there every week. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were hosting. Yeah. Sometimes I host, but now we have a new regular guy. I am lying to all of you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mary Ryan Brown is here with us today. It's going to be fun, and I'm excited. Uh, Hattiesburg has never showed me anything less than a good time. Hattiesburg is always a great time. That's why I've never ever once left. But yeah, thank you for having me on today. Thanks for making the trip down here. It's yeah. currently like 107 degrees outside. I felt it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like when you get the AC on blast, you're just rolling down the interstate and it's just not cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. one of those days. It's rough. It's rough. What can you do? What can you do? Keep on trucking. You just keep going. I think the Beatles said that. I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. So, uh, to start this episode out, you said from Hattiesburg never left? Never left. So, (laughs) coming up in Hattiesburg, what was that like? What were you into? Um, It was a great place to grow up. I've got a great family. So, my dad is from here. My mom is from Brandon. And we've lived here forever. I loved it. It was a it was a great place to grow up. Both my grandparents were professors at USM. Oh, and so um, I have roots there. I went to USM, but yeah, what was I into growing up? Horses, um, horses. All my friends' older brothers, for sure. Um, they weren't into me. Well, because I was in fourth grade with a with a bob haircut and tortoiseshell glasses and a bad attitude bad so um yeah that's what i was into growing up wow the comedy was was in effect early it was it was in effect early i think um my parents always encouraged me to be myself they maybe loved and supported me a little too much because i (laughs) ended up this way but um (laughs) they were just real fun quirky people i'm the oldest of five children and so um i got the oldest here with me Yes, yes, oldest daughter syndrome through and through. That's a real thing? It's a real thing, yeah. So uh, I have an older brother, okay. and there's only two of us. Okay. And I think I broke the mode when it comes to the little brother. Mm-hmm. Not just like, you know what they say about little brothers, just as far as like, you're going to get you're gonna get whooped. Mm-hmm. You're going to get beat up. But uh, also, dude, like, all his friends were my friends. Yeah, oh, 100%. And I didn't really, we were, we're only at like 18 months apart. And so, like, I didn't really bother with people my age. Like, we graduated two years apart, but I was friends with that 2007 class instead of my own class, 2009. And uh, 
the whole thing was kind of weird. I think it, as far as maturity wise, it was good for me, but um, hard to relate after they left the high school uh, halls. I I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't my older siblings because I didn't have any of those, but um, I was on the debate team in high school, which comes as a surprise to nobody. That was my whole thing. Oh, you're a debater, are you? Big, <laughs> big debater. Okay. Um, yeah, I loved it. And so I was friends with like the older kids on the team. And when they graduated, I was like, I'm just, just too cool for you guys. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, was not, but I thought I was. Thought so. Yeah. It was something about picking up the ham, too. Did you, did you yes. feel that? Yeah, a little bit. So let me ask you this is how does comedy come in your life? You were in the horses. Your friends, older siblings, the the boys, and debating how, what is funny about any of that? I think everything. I think I've always been into comedy. So, um, like I said, my parents are really funny people, and they did me the great service of introducing me to a lot of quality content early on. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of SNL. Um, a lot of the Muppet Show. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm real into the Muppets. I love the Muppets. Who's even your favorite to this day. Muppet? Ooh, okay, so my friends say I am Miss Piggy. What? Mm-hmm. I and get, I think I, I, I am. I don't get that. I'm incredibly vain. Incredibly vain. And um, yeah. deep down, I... I want to be animal. Yeah, I love animal. I, I get an animal vibe from you, and it's not just the ginger <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah, animal's great. I love him. Um, I really love Pepe, if you know Pepe. Oh, I'm familiar. He's just kind of Pepe, you know, and I really like him. Yeah. I like the, the chef, right? Um, no, 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 not a chef. There's, there is a chef, the Swedish chef, of yeah. course. But Pepe's kind of, um, he's a prawn. He's a shrimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I do know. Mm-hmm. I know of the Pepe. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a skinny legend, and um, I love Pepe. He's great. Um, but I love the Muppets. I used to do daily Muppets on my Instagram, but I'm horribly inconsistent, so I haven't done them in a while. I was going to plug that. Let's plug that early is uh, just scouring the Internet. I know that you have a website as well. I do. Uh, and we can plug both of those. We'll plug them at the end. But I have really enjoyed the reels that you do. Thank you. And I appreciate that. I don't know how you would classify it, but with some of like the women's wear, I would, I would classify this as satirical Southern Belle comedy. Yes. Yes. Is that on the head? That is on the head. Yes. So, um... My sister works at that boutique, and she is so cute. So your sister has style. My sister has style. She has actually bullied me into being a more stylish person, and I appreciate her for that. In 2019, she came to me, and she said, Mary Ryan, you'd be a lot cuter if you did some fake tan, if you plucked your eyebrows, if you got some highlights, if you used a deep conditioner. Okay, and if you stopped using so much eyeshadow. And I said, okay. Was you in the emo thing? I don't think it was an emo thing. I think it was I never properly learned how to do my makeup. And so mm. my young, young sister had to teach me all these things. So anyway, she works at that boutique. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. But she doesn't want to model for them because she's self-conscious, you know. I don't have... I'm not embarrassed anymore of anything. That's where the reels come in. So that's where the reels come in. So the owner of the boutique asked me if I'd like to model, and I said, yes, but I want to be obnoxious. And she said, go right ahead. Wow. And so um, I do little characters just kind of inspired by the outfits. They're fun. Thank you. They are fun. Thank you. I appreciate that. And just on the other side of the the gender spectrum, I was like, 
I know each of these people that she's representing yes. and you've like the haughtiness of it or the vainness or whatever it is to a T. Well, thank you. I mean, you've probably met these women on Bumble or something. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Not Bumble, just in real life. (laughs) In real life as well. Well, you know, someone actually asked me the other day, they were like, do you have people get angry with you for making fun of Southern women? And, I would imagine um, so. Not to my face, because that's how Southern women, you know, roll. It's a bless your heart kind of thing. It's a bless your heart. And um, if they do get angry... I I don't know why, because I'm also making fun of myself. Like I'm in this and Mm -hmm. like I go into credit card debt buying cute outfits for my daughter. You know what I mean? Like I, in a sense, am, I'm every woman. I'm all of these women. So cute outfits for the daughter. Is this influenced by the younger sister or you just got your own swag when it comes to buying for your daughter? Oh, that's a good question. I actually don't go as crazy as some Mm. ladies. Now that's relativism. Okay. Cause I still go crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, she's got to be dripped out. She's got to, she's got to have swag. <laughs> you know, I can't believe I just said that. But yeah, yeah, we got to look cute. You know, we got to be cute, look good, feel good. That's part of it. Yeah. yeah. That would lead us to our sponsor, Manscaped.com. Twenty percent off if you use promo code Porch Talk. They sent me the performance package, the 4.0 that comes with the beard groomer what they call the weed whacker for your ears and nose and also the lawnmower for that part of the body I'm not even going to tell you about because you're well aware. It also comes with boxer briefs, uh, a carrying case for all these said things, and, dude, look at me. I'm the most self-confident person right now. I just, I'm just exuding this energy. It's not the Basil Hayden. This is a real deal. Promo code PORCHTALK at checkout will get you 20% off. Go check out manscaped.com uh, for your health and for your beard and you can't even see all of mine because it's so well groomed and I'm hiding behind a computer screen back to the show uh, it's good to get that out I love manscaped hey. I, mean, I, I, I haven't used it but I'm intrigued well, good. I think I think it's um, I hear about it on podcasts all it, the time it's a wonderful gift of for your your better half if you're a female and and it's also like a great way to tell them be like i just spent some money Mm -hmm. and i really want you to take a little pride in yourself get on board Mm -hmm. yeah i get it Mm -hmm. self-care self-care it's good care with a twist i love it a little twist but yeah check those guys out and if that uh we're in a little bit of a back and forth. If my code porch talk doesn't work, all one word, by the way, uh, you can use my buddy's uh, code, which will also score you 20% off. Shameless plug, Fat Bird from Dad Meat. It's a comedy podcast out of Philadelphia. Love those guys. Shout out Tim and Mike. But, uh, yeah, just... I dated a girl for some time and her younger siblings were just so off in the fashion mm-hmm. and the girl that I was dating at the time wasn't so like I'm, I think I'm like pseudo kind of aware of like what yes. you were into yes yes well I just okay I go through phases where I get so myopic and I'm like this is what I'm gonna do mm. like even even at age 28 I, I thought the other day, I need to buy some Doc Martens, and I need to dress in Doc all black. Doc Martens? That was a thought that I had 
I was like, I need to buy some Doc Martens and dress in all black for just a season, you know, just a little goth interlude. And um, my sister was like, you're mentally ill. Please, mm, please stop. Yeah, and I did. And, and it's all good now. But yeah, I just get so myopic and I'm like, this is a good idea. This is a vibe. This is cool. And then fortunately, I do have people in my corner, my husband included, who will like pull me back down to earth. It's um, good to have those people. It is. It is. No yeah. enablers in my life, which is unfortunate when I'm breaking down. But. I, uh, as of late, I've had too many enablers. And okay. so I had, to, I had to reel it back and get back to the real. And like, it's almost like a slap back to reality. It's like, dude, just stop. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is. It's like you're going too far. Mm-hmm. Calm it down. Oh, yeah. So, I'm not going to get into the Dallas thing yet, but I do want okay. you to plug, and we'll plug it at the end, uh, where can they find these reels on your Instagram? How do they find that? Yes. So, my Instagram is Mary Ryan Brown, all one thing on Instagram. And then my website is maryryanbrown.com. Perfect. And I will link, like, all my podcast appearances are on there, my press kit my youtube links my email newsletter and that's something fun that i do is every week a newsletter. i send out a newsletter what's that like um, a chaotic chaotic <laughs> and people write me back which is really fun um like last week i did my pet peeves but as pets which is so dumb but like my pet peeves like um like virtue signaling like i see that mm. as um a crusty white dog that's just oh. that you carry around in your purse, you know? Um, so that's just a little taste. And then I also plug my shows and I'll share um, recommendations that nobody asked for. But it's, it's like consensual um, info dumping on these people because they signed up for it and it's just kind of whatever I'm musing about that week. Oh, so it's also a little creative writing outlet for me too. That's good. And yeah. so I understand a lot of your creativity comes from writing and yes. and you write daily. I do. Uh, before we go into what it looks like today, how did that start for you? The writing, the writing's always been there. Was it, was it always Dear Diary or? It was a little Dear Diary. It was when I was younger. I always had a diary. Um, actually, one of my first diary entries was Dear Diary, Micah is my boyfriend. Don't tell him he doesn't know. You're Which good. Micah, Micah, a boy my, named Micah. Micah. Yes, uh, Micah. My, Micah my is gut. my boyfriend. Don't tell him. He doesn't know yet. Which is wild that I would ask my diary not to tell a human being mm. that we were dating. But I was like six, seven, ish. Oh, you knew early. I knew early. I knew. Yeah, I came out as straight very early. Um, mm-hmm. And here I am, you know. But yeah, I've always been writing. Mostly poems. It <laughs> oh, cracks me up. Good. Good. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I always, I wrote um, my prayers always as poems. Um, and my sister, same sister, found them when she moved into my room, like mm. after I had moved off to college and she was like I found your journals and there were lots of them and I was expecting her to be like oh they they were so profound and she was like you had a really sad life and I did I mean as a I I had a sad interior life for a little while it's just very 
had a lot of feelings, you know. But yeah, I've always been writing. I had the same thing happen to me, and it was almost like uh, dying of a thousand heart stabs when I left the room that I grew up in and someone else occupied it, and I didn't burn all the journals. You gotta burn the journals. And it was like. It's incriminating. Dude, it's like. I wonder what this podcast would mean. Uh, like, it's like maybe the future, like, uh, my kids or uh, relatives down the way is like, this is like a live journal in a sense, like traveling yeah. the South and interviewing people. But, like, just back to that personal journal, when it was found, like, they were taking shots of it and then text messages, like, what were you going through? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Look, I mean, that that was kind of my eyes only, and, like, you kind of broke a little bit of sanctity. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And now, what do I do? I overshare Mm. on podcasts with strangers, essentially. That's kind of been my way. Yeah. Well, I mean, you let a stranger into your home. What do you get? I did. I did my research, though. Fair enough. I did some snooping, you know. It checks out. I, I made the cut. You made the cut. For sure. That's good. Um, yeah. And so as far as like journalism today, uh, is this, when do you like to write and what do you like to write about? That's such a good question. So I went to graduate school for creative writing with an emphasis in fiction and yes. Okay. So bachelor's in English? Yes. Yes. And master's in creative writing. And then I did a year of doctoral work. In creative writing as well. This should be all fair, but like I'm currently writing a book. Oh, cool! About um, the creatives that have come on this show. Yeah. Oh, and awesome! I would, and I would like for you to help me with that. That's and, what I do. And also, like, yeah. What just happened? Oh no, your storage is full. That's okay. We don't have to record anymore. should be fun. Okay. Uh, where were we? We were talking about the book. The book, yes. The book yes. idea. So, uh, recently I've had like visual artists come on, specifically Plum. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's agreed to it. To where the things that come out of her head 
and she opened up about it on the podcast, but also like just some of the the people that I've interviewed uh, over the past is like it's kind of a white underbelly of creativity that never yeah. really gets talked about, and. I just think that would really be a big help for people who are struggling, who may not feel like they have an out, and then they can hear the stories of yeah. people who have a similar struggle who are getting it out. And it may not be to the level to where you're, you're doing festivals or you're doing stand-up or you're playing mm-hmm. shows, but it could help you feel like you're not alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean... I co-signed that and 100%. It would, it would just help people because, like, right now more than ever, especially, like, coming out of the pandemic or whatever you want to call the damn thing, is um, in the age of the Internet and social media, I don't think people have ever felt more alone. I agree. I agree. And so, and plus, on top of the uh, the physical book, I wanted to take the the audio version to the next level almost as a podcast in itself to where we have comedians or musicians maybe a musician plays a song to open the chapter up almost as if he's a, a bard or a muse yeah and then a comedian will come in and like maybe read a little excerpt and like do a little whatever mm-hmm. and and really just have a good time like making a full-blown production i love that it's as I've as I get the idea polished and begin working on it, but I am going to need help because I do not understand uh, sentence structure. Yes, I can help you with that. It sounds like this kind of multimedia compendium of like Southern creativity, which I'm all yes. about. I think that would be awesome. Yes, that's yes. that is just it. Okay, that I is the way. Love that, and I'm totally down. Um, yeah, I I. Um, Sentence structure is funny. I think you have to know all of the rules and be able to practice all of the rules accurately just so that you can break them. You have to know them so that you know when to break them. Yeah, I've taken English classes, and that was one of my favorite things, especially like when I hit community college and then I went on to uh, a four-year college later. Mm -hmm. And I always enjoyed the creative writing and uh, the reading classes. But it really didn't benefit me like reading... I don't know, Beowulf or Paradise yeah. Lost in that regard. I was like, uh, I don't really talk that way or think that way. Yeah. And as far as cynic structure, it really doesn't do anything for me. Um, but then when I send, because I had an English teacher, oddly enough, in high school, all we did in there was watch movies and play poker. But mm-hmm. I still use her as a source when I'm writing something semi-professionally. Oh, yeah. Which is strange because she never really taught me anything but how to gamble. It's English teacher energy. Mm. Yeah. It's an energy. Yeah, I don't know. I've never met an English teacher I wasn't a fan of. It was just always, it's like, uh, how to put it? Never felt like we were doing our, doing, doing the job right. Does that make sense? Why? Because you were having fun? Or, I don't know. Say more. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, we were having fun. Like, uh, we had a, our senior year in high school, we did, like, our uh, a crest shield with our family crest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, what does this got to do with English? Yeah. It's kind of history. Yeah. And so, like, uh, that, was, that was the high school experience. I had two different English teachers, and 
one was gambling and the other one was like really off into uh, Shakespeare and Family Crest. Okay. It was, it was weird. And they synonymously, all the community colleges in the area, um, they would know that we came from South Lamar, my high school, um, because of our inability to write a paper. That will do it. I mean, gambling can ruin lives um, <laughs> in unexpected ways. Unexpected you know, ways. All of a sudden, you're playing poker. Mm. You don't know how to format a paper in MLA. It's tough. Next thing you know, your wife's left you. And it's a problem because story you're in high school. Story of my life. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the story of your life, I wouldn't Alan? say that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know mm. you. Hmm. Maybe by osmosis. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Do you care to say more? I don't gamble. Okay. Gotcha. Mm. Did your wife leave you? She did. Okay. <laughs> osmosis. Yeah. Do you want to talk the, about that? The two are different. Yeah, no, sure. No, I've talked about it enough in ad nauseum of... Hmm. What to say? Hmm. I wish we went on YouTube Live so I could have a thing. Here's a fun writing exercise. Um, can you distill it down to like three words? The words don't have to be related to one another, but like three nouns. Mm. Yes. Uh, well, not just three nouns. I could sum it up real quick. Sure. It was an out to get her to where she wanted to be. Okay. And this was the best out for her to get away from the family. Marrying you? Mm-hmm. Rough. Mm. Rough. It's good now. She's doing great. Good. Shout out, shout out to her. Shout out. Cheers with my gas station coffee. Mm. Love it. We're doing therapy here today. I'm feeling a lot better about myself. No, that's good. That's my shadow self is like a therapist. I would love to be a therapist. We I'm, can't be friends if you're going to be a therapist, though, because you can't be friends with your patients. That is true. That is true. Have you ever seen The Sopranos? Do you watch The Sopranos? Ever? Oh, I'm into the mafia. Okay. Tell more. What do you I want mean, to Dr. Melfi, Dr. Melfi is like the best character on The Sopranos. She's fantastic. Yeah. Not disagreeing with that. Back yeah. to you. <laughs> I'm pretty good at diverting as well. Journals. Like, what do you yes. like to journal about? Where do you do it? Back to on that question. Okay. So I've always written... Um, I'm really interested in, like, flash fiction, which is, like, little micro-fictions, mm. real short, condensed kind of prose poetry-type stories. That's what I wrote and published some of when I was in grad school. Um, so I'm really interested in distilling meaning and, like, packing a lot of punch into just a few words, which is what comedy is. I love you know? that. I do it, too. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite posts that I made as of late and it got screenshotted and sent to me on my drive down here oh. was I am vowing to drop at least three Porch Talk episodes this week to help get our dear friend Tyler out of jail for selling fake rocks outside of the fish concert that took place in Huntsville. Was he really selling fake rocks? Like fake crack? Fake. I was going to say, like a lot of people took the crack rock 
Yes. Way, but I was talking about, you know how hippies are like really into... They love the crystals. Yeah. yeah the moonstone. Yeah, that, that was my take, but like uh-huh. either it's a crack rock or it's a moonstone. Either way is perfectly fine. Sure. So I left that open to interpretation. So Interesting. And... It was it was a hit. So is this real? It's not real at all. Love the okay. It's a microfiction. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, and my friend Tyler on the way down here was this about me? I was like, well, was you arrested at a fish concert? No. I was like, well, how could it be about you? Gosh, that's a whole subculture that fascinates me. By the way, like. Um, Fish oh, yeah. people, uh, Umphreys, McGee, deadhead people. Mm-hmm. Fascinating to me. Are you one of them? I am not. Okay. In spite of my hair. You never know. You just, it, you never know. I like music. Um, uh-huh. But I do take this, and no offense to our hippie listeners out there. Love I y'all. Do love you. But uh, I have uh, biblical scripture on this. I'm going to speak it biblically to you. Uh, get thee behind me, hippie. <laughs> there is a darkness to it and there's a darkness in the peace and love and like uh what is it rave culture also yeah the whole fascinates me it's very fascinating Plur. but what you just said was it it, it does have a darkness yeah mm-hmm. yeah well i think mm, okay so um people make fun of me because i believe in ghosts but oh do tell yeah People make fun of me because I believe in ghosts, but I think they're real. I think oh, they're that, absolutely yeah. real. I mean, like the unseen is all around us, and there are definitely mm-hmm. there have definitely been like times in my life where I've been more in tune or aware of it, you know. And um, anyway, I think there are like dark forces in hippie culture because there's some parts of the unseen mm-hmm. that in this plane, in this space and time, we're not supposed to be mingling with okay we're talking about psychedelics we're talking about psychedelics okay and here's the deal i've um i've never done them because my life i'm i walk around freaked out all the time i don't need i don't don't need need help i don't need help to be freaked out i'm so scared all the time and um i have crazy dreams and like very vivid do you you dream journal do i dream journal no now i have before Um, but like, what am I going to write down? Like last night, my dream was driving down a gravel road and the car just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then my feet just poke out like Flintstone feet. I had a wild ass dream last night. Yeah. So I can break this down. I was going to do a podcast and my guest, I got to the house, extravagant house and I walk in and I'm. I've greeted in welcome arms uh, by her and her family. And I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm getting everything ready. And then out of nowhere, here comes someone that I graduated high school it's with. Always, it's always some ratchet ghost yeah. that and you was, haven't thought about in years. And I, and I was like, why, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And it's one of them rare dreams to where you can actually talk. Like, you know, like most of the dreams, it's like you try to talk and your tongue runs out and it's mm-hmm. like on a chain. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of those I could talk. And I was like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, I'm here for the party. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of the party. Like, I thought I, we were just doing a podcast. And then I look out the window and there's a, a stage being built. 
And we're back to talking and be like, here comes another person from my past. And they're sitting on the couch. I was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, are we about to do therapy? No. Well, here comes one of my co-hosts, Big John. Shout out to you, big guy. Uh, He comes walking in with my podcast equipment. He's like, where are we sitting up at? I was like, you're a part of this? He's like, yeah. So we go out on this gazebo in the backyard. And we're sitting out there, and my guest is waiting, whom I have no idea who is. And they say that you can't dream about someone that you don't know. I call bullcrap because I did not know this person. You saw this man at a Six Flags <coughs> years ago. Possibly. You yeah. know, we were waiting in line together to ride the uh, the Ninja. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. And we're going out there to get set up, and I just it, it was just one thing after another. And it was just... I guess heart attack after heart attack because like the whole dream, the whole dream, the point of the dream was never like uh, I had heard dad, he come up with a gun and he was like, rack it for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I loaded it up and racked it. Oh no. (laughs) And he was like, don't put your finger on the trigger. And I was like, I know better, dude. And I was like, where's this even come from? I was like. And then the the band out front is playing. They're playing the blues. And I was like, I kind of want to be out there with them. Like, screw the interview. We'll do that later. It was a whole whole bit. That is wild. My instant impulse is to um, do a Freudian interpretation of all of that. Okay? Like, just because if if I went to grad school for anything, it was Freud. Okay? It was for, like... We we did a lot of Freud Mm. and we did a lot of Marxist theory. Okay? So I... It was a weird headspace for me. A lot of communism years. out there. A lot of communism. You want to talk about Doc Martens, I was wearing them, okay? And the ideology that comes with them. I mean, I was, That's what you I, was know, I was a little shook by when you said Doc Martens. A hundred percent. I know what comes with that. Yeah, and it was a whole season, you know, to borrow from from youth pastor speak. It was a whole season of my oh, life. Oh, man. Um, but Speaking that, of which, there's a whole season of you dressing like a prick. What is up with those guys? Youth pastors? Trying to dress like they're still young and they're not. It's interesting. What's going on around there? What is going on around there? So, okay. I think that, and I'm totally guilty of this, like, grew up evangelical, still am a Christian. So, like, again, Same. The, the call is coming from inside the house, mm-hmm. okay? Making fun of my own people, okay. Well, you can you you're you're allowed to make fun of Christians. You just yes. can't make fun of Jews or Muslims. Wasn't planning on it. I was. Okay. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Go go ahead. No. Anyway, no. I think that like Christian culture tends to lift whatever is popular in in the culture at the moment and oh, just make it goodness. notoriously yes. uncool. You know, it's like, let's take this thing that's going well and let's do Christian dubstep. Let's do Christian yeah. trap. Let's let's do, um, you know, instead of hot girl summer, let's do Bible girl summer. You know what I mean? Like, it's this co-opting yeah. of trends. And instead of letting, like, the culture of Christ be its own remarkable, life-changing thing, mm. let's, let's coat it in this weird veneer of the culture that Jesus said, you know, let's not. And so I think that like the church is trying to connect with the youth by like being more like the culture when the really countercultural and life-changing thing about being a Christian is, is not being aligned with the culture. Right. Yeah. And so I think, would say, 
Yeah, I think that like the youth pastors, you know, it comes from a good place, maybe. Um, it's just trying to fit in, right? Trying to fit in. Draw them in. Yeah, and you know, you're around teenagers that much, you might start dressing like one, you know? Um, people who work at, at mental hospitals, they go crazy too, you know? Like, it's, it's kind of who you're around. Kind of a Harley Quinn kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. Let's bring back monks. I think we should just have monks come come to the youth group. That, that, be like, you know what? what? No more cornhole. We're gonna meditate. Yeah, I've, I've no seen, more I've seen so many viral videos of like uh, these these new evangelical, I guess, non denominational is the mm-hmm. hottest thing to call it, to where they had a Star Wars theme service or there they, it is. they had a Super Mario to where they sang Peaches. You know the hit song off. Oh, movie. I know Peaches. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nothing against either of those things, Jesus, but it's, Jesus, was it that? No, they did. They just did peaches. Oh. They didn't do Jesus. Mm. It would have been good if they did. <laughs> they should have done more research. They didn't. Huh. But it's low-hanging fruit. It really kind of like a peach. Anyway, peach and Jesus. I think we're out here giving I mean, pointers. John Prine was the first to rhyme peaches and Jesus, right? In Spanish pipe dream. I'm talking to a true music fan. I am. I am. How did, uh, tell me a little bit about your background in music. Who who in the world told you about John Prine? My dad. Okay. My dad. So my dad is awesome. If I ever start a podcast, it would be called Crying with My Dad. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, my dad loves to cry. And I do too. Um, he's very in touch with his feelings and he's just, he's a wonderful, wonderful person. And, um, he loves country music and I love country music too. Sounds like he likes real country music. Real country music. So he used to pick me up from the fourth grade playing Johnny Cash and he would play the, um, the apocalypse song. What is it? When the man comes around Mm. and I would be like, turn this off. I'm so freaked out. And now that's like on my pre-show playlist, like. I love when the man comes what, around. What's your hype song? Do My you, hype do you, song. Do you have a hype song? Yeah. Before, I, you, before you step out. Yeah, I'll just um, yeah. So, the first hype song that I ever had was um, "Baddest in the Building" by Kevin Gates. Which okay. my husband played for me before I did my first set ever. He was like, "You need to listen to this." What's your walkout song to your wedding? Well, okay. Trick question. <laughs> so I got married at the courthouse on a Friday afternoon. I didn't even know I was getting married. I like that. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. It was during COVID. We were going to go get our marriage license. Uh, And um, we got there and they were like, you know, there's no waiting period. And then Andrew's cousin works for the city and is friends with the mayor. And he was like, Toby can marry you guys at at four. And it was like three. And so um, we just went and got married. And then um, it was awesome. It was the best day of my life. I mean, it was it was great. And then besides our daughter being born, it was awesome. And um, we came home and we did dance to Transport and Buy Kodak Black in the living oh, room. You're in the, you're hip. Am I? I'm you're hip. Super hip. Look at you. Like a cool youth pastor. Kevin Gates, Kodak yes, Black. Yes, yes. But um, my current like playlist that I listen to, do you listen to Killer Mike ever? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, so his new song, or his new album's really good. I like it. It didn't get a lot of um, critical acclaim, mm. but I really liked it. And so there's this one song called Run, and Chappelle does the intro to it, and I love that. I did that before Dallas. Um, Slow Down by India Ari, Mad Mad City, of course. 
Um, the Nikki, okay, so, and then Super Freak by Rick James is like my walkout song at the club. Mm. Either that, like the original Super Freak or the um, Nicki Minaj Super Freaky Girl. Okay. Yes, and um, that goes back to, I've always loved Super Freak. It's always been a favorite song of mine because my mom's real into like 80s kind of funk soul and then I had the country from my dad. So I've loved Super Freak for a long time. And then I don't know if you've ever listened to um, or watched the movie Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, that's my favorite movie of all time. Is that real? Yes, yes. That is my favorite movie. And so if you know, like, the little girl in <laughs> in Little Miss Sunshine, like, that was my favorite. And my senior year of high school, I was doing debate. And um, I wrote a whole speech about that movie and about like the anxiety of performance versus performing for the joy of, of the craft, right? And I talked about that little girl doing the strip tease to Super Freak. Uh-huh. And um, I can send you that video, it's on YouTube. It is so cringe, but there's a video of me doing the speech. And so Super Freak really has been the anthem of my life. And even like 11 years later, after high school, I'm still working out what it means to perform for the joy of performing. And so that's what that song means to me. Oh. It's just being trashy and fun. And fun fact, you want to talk about ghosts, okay? Here's just here's some proof that the world revolves around me, Alan. Let's go. So um, it's right before my first hour performance, which was in Dallas earlier this we summer. Talk about that. Yes. So it was right before that. Um, my whole family came to Dallas, which was great. And we're at the Dallas Aquarium the day of my performance. My daughter's there, and we're looking at the fish. Is this your biggest show to date? Yes and no. We'll talk more about that later, but yes and no. And so um, we're at the aquarium, and this little girl is on the other side of the shark tank, and she looks just like Olive from Little Miss Sunshine, down to the rainbow headband. Oh, boy. And my dad goes, Miran, Miran, it's Olive. It's Olive. And I look, and she's just waving at me like we know each other from across the, through the shark tank. And I went, I love you, you're awesome. And she went, you're awesome. And then I never saw her again. And then I had a great performance, I'm just saying. It was a ghost. It was a a ghost, it was a a benevolent presence. Will you slide that mic to your right just a little bit? Yes. Yeah, there you go. But Uh, yeah, it was crazy, man. It It was so crazy. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and music and ghosts. You said the joy of performance. Mm-hmm. I like that. And oh, yeah. I'm currently where I'm at is I do maybe a show a month. Okay. And many would say, well, that's probably all that you can get. And you're very fair. <laughs> but you're also very wrong. Uh, but I'll, it's it's it's... I don't think that performing at this state is what I am to do. I do it just for the joy of it. It, it makes me feel really alive. Yeah. And um, I, I really enjoy the craft. I also like having a friend come and be an opening act. And a lot of times uh, my opening act will smoke me. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. I just wanted them to, because a lot, well, what I count as a show, it's not like me hosting the open mic in my hometown or uh, going to play the adjacent town. I'm talking about going to a different state and performing. Yeah. 
and I'll try to wrangle up somebody local. It's like, dude, let's just blow their blow their socks off of our talent, you know. And that's what I try to do. And the the whole joy of the performance, even the travel, the drive, the drive back. Uh, it's not even with that one or two hour performance. It's the work up to it. And oh, my, yeah. my walkout sh- song is uh, How You Like Me Now. Heck yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The heavy? Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm with that. I yeah. love that. Right before, and it's weird. I think it's weird for a musician to have a walkout song because you're about to go play music. But that's, that is the last song I listen to before I step out of the Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Car to go perform. I think everybody needs a walkout song. Mm-hmm. I think your gynecologist yeah, needs a walkout song. That's you know? what's up. I think, yeah. We all <laughs> need something to set the tone. But uh, just to it, and for the joy of the craft, like, what is up with the invasive behavior when it comes to comedy right now with these charlatans? Okay. On reels, on your Instagram and Facebook, and the shorts on YouTube. And they're doing a lot of crowd work. Yes. And they're not doing well, but they're like promoting themselves. Like they're paying for this to get to me. Yes, it is wild. I think. I think it's a few things and like I'm certainly guilty of this um like promoting something or putting material out when it's not ready yet like when I first started doing mm-hmm. comedy I would just put all my best jokes out on the internet immediately but that is what booked me shows in my first years or first year cuz I'm I'm just now a year in is like putting my best stuff out there people catching it and booking me you know especially living here like I'm not going to open mic every single night. I'm only going once a week. So the internet kind of is my, you know, nightly open mic in a way. Sure. Um, the crowd work, the crowd work's interesting. Some people are really, really good at it. I, I can be if I'm in a particularly um, contemptuous mood. <laughs> if I'm, if I can be really mean really quickly. If, if I'm in that type of mood, but I always feel horrible about it. And so now I just try to like do crowd work with the absurd. Like I just try to say something really absurd to people. But as far as like charlatans or like fake comedians on the internet, I think there's a lot of like weird, like policing within the comedy community of like, this is, this is right. This is not right. If it's funny, it's comedy. Like if someone's laughing, it's comedy, but, um, crowd work seems to be the trendy, trendy thing right now um i don't know it's tricky it's tricky and sometimes i don't even want to say like they're fake comedians because i wake up every day and i'm like you're a fake comedian well, the, like I, 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 I suffer from imposter syndrome yeah. of literally everything that i do uh, whether it's like even podcasting or being a musician yeah or whatever it is is i mean there's a lot of times like host an open mic um I'll go out there and it starts at seven and it's I live five less than five minutes away from the venue and 
I just got home from work and I'm working through because I'm I know I'm gonna do three songs to open mm-hmm. like to break the ice and then usually at the end I'll call up anybody that is left and be like if you want to do a big jam come up mm-hmm. here now and so like I usually try to prepare six songs that I'll lead and man it, it was about two or three months I was in this rut to where I was like why am I even the host why am I even doing this? Like, I just—I'm—I'm not—I'm not a musician. This is—this is silly. Why does this venue believe in me? Why? Why are these people being drawn to this? And then you step back and you realize, like, well, there's a reason, dummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't see the forest from the trees when you're in your own head about these things. Oh, a hundred percent. So, like, what are some of your experiences with uh, hosting an open mic? Yeah, hosting is good. I really do enjoy it. I'll also tell you this. Um, I get so nervous before I perform that, like, I can't really eat or anything. Mm. Um, I get really, really nervous. Every show? Yes. Yes. Um, And I think it's good. I think it's a good nervous. I think it's a type of momentum. So, I enjoy kind of going closer to the beginning um, so that I can get it over with and then have some fries and a cocktail with my friends and family. But I don't drink, I don't do anything before I perform or while I'm performing or anything like that. So if I'm hosting, that's two hours of me being super nervous, which I do sometimes and I like it. Um, But I like to just like get my five in. Although hosting does help me get better at crowd work. From so. from what I've been told, like I want to take uh, this is at Southern Prohibition mm-hmm. here in Hattiesburg, right? Yes, every Thursday night. What time? Eight. Eight o'clock. Yes. So I would, ooh, at eight, I could probably swing that without taking off of work. Of mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a haul down here, but uh, I've never been to a comedy open mic. It's fun. It's mental illness. It's a lot of oh, that. Man. It's fun. I mean, you know what amateur hour is like in the music world, you know, sure. open mic. It's like that with comedy, but I mean, and I'm an amateur, but you have some people who come through and just crush and it is awesome and it's a huge surprise and it's great. And then you have some people. Do you have like the the Joker, the Jokers of the Bunch who bring their notebooks out to read their jokes? Yes. Yes. Um, we do. Is that off-putting or is that weird? Yeah, I really try not to do it. I did it one time. Um, when you were first starting? or It was for a roast, and I had never done a roast before. So I, I wanted to make sure I like got this person really, really good <coughs> and didn't forget anything. And so I did bring my book up there. But yeah, people will do that. Sometimes it's okay. Um, I try not to do it. <coughs> so it's the way that I... And I'm guilty of it, too. And I'm typically... I'll do it a lot if it's an open mic because no shame. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, just, it's the equivalent of a musician having an iPad yeah. while they're playing a show. Yeah. It's, and there's not anything wrong with that, but it's like when it comes to the craft, it's like you're playing for an hour, two hours. It's like, well, were you prepared or not? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's, that's what it comes off as. Oh, 100%. And, like, sometimes I get it. I totally get it. When people read off their phones, that does drive me crazy. But also, like, 
sometimes it's funny. Bombing can be funny too. Like I like bo- so, I like bombs. Yeah. And even as a host, like if uh, someone messages me and they've never done an open mic before, mm. and they're gonna show up early, I will eat crap on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go on after that. Well, can't nobody eat crap harder than me, and I'm the host. Yeah. So, have at it. <laughs> nice. That's such a good thing to do, especially for people who are who are new. That's another thing is like you're not to be a you know cheesy or anything, but your creative community really can like make or break you. And mm-hmm. I got so fortunate because comedy can be weird. I mean, it's nothing but just a dodgeball game of ego, and and I'm part of it. Like it's just like ego. I have no idea. Like oh. Mary Ryan, I, I comedy. Like when it comes to music, I'm I'm on stage hiding behind a guitar. Yeah. I have something I can put before people. Yeah. You're holding a microphone. Correct. Like there's no hiding. And I, I've never tried stand up. I've I've made jokes between songs uh-huh. and they bummed. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine like, okay, for the next five, fifteen, thirty minutes, an hour, go be funny. Dude, after I done cracked two or three jokes, I'm ready to go kill myself if it's yes. if it's if it's not hitting. Yes. You know? But here's the thing, no one's gonna feel sorry for a comedian because you are just so doing this to yourself. You know what I mean? Like it is really hard, but also it's like a pointless kind of suffering that you really have to take on yourself. Like I never expect someone to be like, Oh, it must be so hard you know what I mean? Like it's so much fun mm. but it is like a crazy crazy degree of vulnerability just absolutely yeah, insane no is, um, is it like what do you find to be like in your style we're going back to your writing uh like how much time do you give to self-deprecating it depends it depends on how i'm feeling that day and then like do you spend time just being with current events and making fun of the culture like Sometimes. i mean with your reels i mean like we're at your friend's um clothing store yeah and that's that's a lot of fun. Yes. And it's a great out. But, like, well, you, you can't do that on stage. You're not doing a fashion show on stage. No, no, I'm not. Um, so I've done characters on stage. Like, I'll do, like, a little Is voice. the Muppets coming out to play? Um, sometimes. <laughs> I love the Muppets. Um, so typically when I, when I talk about my work and, and what I write, I like to say that my favorite thing to do is, like, create and then disturb Mm. patterns you know which I think that's a lot of what comedy is is the unexpected you know a lot of comedy too is just sadness that's been synthesized you know it's comedy is reflection people I say people like three people have come up to me and been like I I have so many crazy stories I would be a great comedian I need to get up there and do it and, and you very well might but a joke is not a story and a story is not a joke um, a story is an ingredient but it's it's your own perspective that makes it funny. Not to philosophize comedy too much, because again, it's this very nebulous well, touch and go. I've thing. heard it say to not talk about the craft too much. Yeah, but I love talking about craft also. Like I don't want to do it too much, but it's it's very interesting to me. And with a writing background, I, I talk about craft. Yeah, me as well. I mean, even with like songwriting craft, and I like talking about. And that's the thing we songwriter to songwriter. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you write a song. Well, which one? 
Yeah. You know, it's like, did the chord, did the progression, did the music come first, did the words come first? Was it all at once? Did you do it in five minutes? Did it take you a year? Did you did you back catalog it for a while before you felt confident and then all of a sudden the culture kind of felt right for it? There is so much that goes yeah. into it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Because some come to me like this and then there's like one premise I've been working on for a whole year and I just like can't get to the heart of it. Mm. And I think it's because I haven't worked out like my own prejudices about this, this thing that I'm joking about. Mm. And I haven't examine myself enough again i say prejudice this is not a race joke i have a joke about mlms okay multi-level marketing okay that i'm like trying to get at the heart of but i just haven't gotten there yet Uh and i i think it's because i'm still in a like i i hate multi-level marketing so much um and i'm still in a stage of like such contempt about it like, I think it's just really bad for women, and it's kind of one of my soapboxes. I think social media is a uh, negative for so, for women. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. hundred uh, percent. So, like, when it comes to the internet. But follow me on Instagram. Okay. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Um, I think when you, when you think about the internet in general, like, uh, pornography is the absolute worst for men, and then social media is the absolute worst for women because of filters and because of the keeping up with the Joneses. Um, Most guys typically don't care about that, but pornography will rot their brain. Yeah. And then women, and I'm not a woman, I'm I'm speaking out of turn, but I think that the projection of what other women are sharing with other women will rot their brain. Yes. And also like, again a culture of contempt and like i'm i'm there too like i i've noticed like i'm just a pretty naturally judgmental person which can be channeled into being funny i have an opinion about everything mm-hmm. as a child i was called you know observant and old soul whatever that can um ferment into bitchiness if you don't mm. check it you know sure and so um i've noticed i'm pretty judgmental i've noticed like i'll look at someone on the internet and like i'll immediately want to make a character about them or like i'll be like that's so dumb but like then if i kind of step outside of myself and look at my own account i'm like oh my gosh what a dork like you suck you know what i mean so um it's it's interesting it's it's a lot of comparison. It's a lot of, I'll never be enough. I'll never have enough. I'll never look good enough. Um, and, and really, there's nothing more to say about that than has already been said, except sure. that I'm just thankful that I hit puberty before it became so embedded. You know, like even the difference between me and my sister, who's 21, and the impact that social media has had on both of us like I would say it's more profound even for her and we're seven years apart absolutely so. it is absolutely yeah uh, and I, I look back uh, we used to do a lot of sketches love a sketch and that was really a big part of like porch talk especially like on Facebook how it kind of grew a following and people kind of paid attention was these goofy sketches that we would make and a lot of people was like what did I just watch and then well you watched it Mm. And then other people's like, well, that's just right down your alley. It's it's awkward. It's goofy. It's nonsensical. And I was like, all these things are correct. Mm-hmm. And so like that is that is like my bread and butters. I like writing sketches, and I like as the sketch progresses, it just gets more ridiculous. Yes. 
and just let it progress to a point to where it's just almost too much. I love the absurd. Yeah. And I love, so like what kind of sketches would you do? Well, uh, we had one to where I was a very pretentious Batman fan. Oh, I'm in already. I'm, I'm and here. this was, and it, it's kind of funny because as, as much as they remake these films, I get mm-hmm. to reshare it all the time. Yeah. And the my friend was calling to invite me to go see the new Batman film. But me being so pretentious, it's like, look, I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> and I'm kind of sick of being asked this, to be honest with you. I've already rated the Batmans, but I'll do it. And he's like, I just wanted to see if you would rate the Batmans. Uh-huh. I know. Wilmer Valderrama is good. We all know it. <laughs> and then you work down the list. It's like, well, who's the best Batman? Well, Batman was. You dingus. I and, love it. You know, and, and like, he was like, well, I just wanted to go to the movies. I was like, well, I'm not having this conversation with you right now. This is not, No. And I hang up, and he's like, well, I guess I'll just go see it alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and just stuff like that. I love that. Uh, there was another one to where uh, I was going to fight my dad over calling me a wapple. What's that? That was the point. Okay. I didn't know, and um, the co-writer didn't know, and the audience didn't know. But I was awfully offended by it. And that was just a take on culture. It's like, why are we so offended by words that we shouldn't even give meaning or a response to? Amen. That is so, um, that idea is so seussical slash Monty Python of you. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, and we've gotten away from it. And I've, uh, which the guy that I co wrote with and like acted with, of, Married two wonderful children, and he works full time, so he really doesn't uh, have. That'll t- crush he, your soul. He doesn't have time anymore, <laughs> and so like I'm constantly on the look. It's like, dude, I've got this. I've got this sketch. We could, and we we were four. He's down in Mobile, and I'm in North Mississippi. Yeah. And like we would send the script, rework the script, and then we would start acting out our parts, and you know all the videos would end up on one phone, and then you just go to iPhone Movie and just mash it all together. Yeah. Boom, you got a a two-and-a-half-minute video of just being absolutely ridiculous. It's not hard to do. It's no. just a little bit of time. So much fun. And it's, it is fun. I yeah. love characters. I've always done them, mm-hmm. and I love, like, a premise like that, especially playing on pretension. That is, like, mm-hmm. again, the call is coming and, from inside the house. And, and that is, like, and that's always, like, every one of my characters that I've done in these old sketches is, like, like my character is just pretentious and he just he he just wants to fight the world mm-hmm. yeah. I love a good grown man fighting his dad that is there's a guy he's called Hold the Mayo I don't know if you're a New Orleans uh, I am not fan I'm not, I'm not familiar with this Hold oh, the Mayo this man is fantastic so um, shout out Hold the Mayo my husband grew up in the same town as him so that's how I know who he is um, that's funny on two levels yes Yes. And so <laughs> he is, um, he's like a barstool sports kind of guy. He's okay. not barstool, but he does like all the New Orleans sports coverage. 
and um, his name's Devin Snow, super funny. Mm-hmm. And he does like red beans every Monday and he goes to different red bean establishments. He's been to one in Hattiesburg, which is pretty cool. But anyway, he does these uh, sketches where he wants to fight his dad. And he's got that yat accent. Okay. Oh, fantastic. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, I, I love a good bit. I do too. I do too. That's why I do my little my little ladies, you know, in the clothing. I, I'll share this with you. And I've, I've been on this tirade for a while. And, uh, like, I don't know. Like, someone asked me for the origin the other day, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I've... I don't know if it was just living next to a fire department okay. with firefighters or if it was just thinking about Disney's 101 Dalmatians. Okay. But I thought about it. I've been on this earth for 32 years, and for the life of me, I cannot remember ever seeing a Dalmatian in person. And so I started this tirade on social media saying that I have began a search for a Dalmatian. Okay. And that I had already gone to four different cities, to all their fire departments, and none of them had a Dalmatian on hand. So that is debunked. And also, I'm challenging Disney because I went to Disney World, and there was not 101 Dalmatians. There wasn't one Dalmatian. And now I'm going door to door looking for a Dalmatian. And one lady was... I felt sorry for me, and she offered me a hot dog. And I showed back mm. up at my apartment, and my mm. roommate opened the door, and I had a little uh, uh, ketchup on my face and on my shirt, and he thought I had gotten into a fight. And I was like, no, I, the lady gave me a hot dog because she felt sorry for me. And so, so like, I, just this big development of a guy who was just trying to find a Dalmatian. You need to be around more white people. Because they we they do have them, mm-hmm. but you have to you have to go to the right places. That's what I've learned. Yeah, it's, and this this whole bit actually a... landed a f- musician friend of mine in Birmingham a job. Really? She nice. she picked up the bit. Uh, it became a TikTok bit to okay. where other people started. I'm not on TikTok, but I've like mm-hmm. they sent me videos of other people picking this up and running it, and it became like a like six or seven cities adjacent to around here started running that as if it was some kind of a Bigfoot thing. Oh my gosh. And it was like this big thing. And of course I know that Dalmatians are real. Have I, have I seen one in real life? Hmm. Apparently it's going to happen this week. Really? Yeah. So there's a, there's a, um, it's just in, there's a young lady moving to Starville who happens to own one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we have a mutual friend, so I think we'll finally have our social media justice. I will take a picture with this Dalmatian, and I will um, step down as being a um, a doubter of Dalmatians ever existing. And we've wow. had a, we've had a ton of uh, people chime in and be like, "I used to own one as a child. My neighbor owned one as a child. I've, I was bitten by one as a child. I've." I've seen three, and <laughs> I ran into the house because I was scared. There, there's there's okay. been there's been a lot going on with this, it's, wow. and it's been going on for months. It's one of my favorite bits that I've done. I love that. So, is this lady gonna let you go to her house? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's gonna be like a podcast kind of thing. Okay. I mean, you How were kind of you were kind enough to open up 
like, would she not return it? Or, like, do I have to meet you in this said Dalmatian in a park? Here's the thing. How does this need to go down? Now there's the potential for Dalmatian deepfakes, because have you seen... That's my point. And so yeah. many people shared images yeah. from their youth of them holding a Dalmatian. With AI technology, how am I to know yeah. the truth? There's that, and then have you seen the man who paid like, I think it he, it was in Japan. He paid like sixteen to twenty thousand oh, dollars. God, and it blew social media up yes, for two weeks. The dog and I want to throw up just thinking it's, about it. Let's go. It's <laughs> deeply terrifying. Yeah. And I do want to leave the planet. I do. I think know. that's the sign of the end. Beam me right up. Mm, you know, Scotty, come on. I'm done. But a border collie of all dogs. Uh, <laughs> A border collie. If, if, okay. you, if you wanted to be a dog, wouldn't it be something cooler? Something way cooler. If you wanted to be Lassie? So sad. You know. I would want to be Airbud. Airbud's nice. I went I went straight to Belgian Malinois, which is um scary. It is quite scary. scary. So my husband's roommate, who before we got married, he lived here. He was a cop. And um, he had a, a Belgian Malinois that was a police dog. We're hitting on so a new scary. level. So my roommate, he's a cop, and he had a, a Belgian Malinois no as, as, as well. Sure. And also, sisters. One of, Crazy. Uh, sis, we're sisters. We are sisters. Wow. Yeah. Now, we understand my puberty crisis. So, okay. uh, <laughs> we just have to also, get my other sister to come. Give you a glow up. I gotta get glowed yeah. up. She'll she'll tell it to you straight. You I don't think you need to change like my shirt or my khakis. She might like you just fine. She's unpredictable, oh but she gosh. has a good read on people. Read this. She can tell you the one thing that'll level you up. And also, my uh, band friends who tour the country in a hearse mm-hmm. with a Belgian Malinois. So like, <gasps> so two for two for. That would be. You That's, know what? I am ordering the dog Martins. Those dogs are fast. They're very fast. And this is causing you to order a pair of Doc Martins? Yes. I'm going to, and I want to go in the hearse. Well, that's on April 13th. Ugh, okay. I know. We're going to celebrate a birthday. Yeah, we might have to move her town. birthday. Yeah, she can just come with me, and um, she can, she's turning three. I can get her into music and make her think it's her birthday party so we got we got uh popsicles and ice cream and there'll be dogs there will be dogs she does love dogs yeah yeah that sounds great we did sesame street for the second birthday Mm. muppet family yeah have you ever done puppetry on stage no do you know how no that would be so fun it kind of would. I hate that I'm into this idea, but puppets would be fun. Would you make your own in your own? No, <laughs> I'm not artsy. Oh, you they could, would be really ugly. It could be Southern Bells. Oh my gosh, I kind of love this. Shh, wow. I could have like a puppet sorority of like, that would be really fun. Dude, and there's a Tri Delta who just has smeared makeup. Yes. Oh my gosh, Cry Delta. <laughs> that would be so fun. And she's just uh-huh. upset all the time. She's yeah. like, John Luke won't text me back. It's always a double namer. Yes, always. And a J name. The worst. 
So what was it like, Mary Ryan? Was it like, is that what you always went by? Yes, that is my, that is my first name is two words, Mary Ryan. Like on my birth certificate, Mary Ryan, no middle name, bold choice. And then very bold. And then Carnes is my maiden name. Um, so that is, yeah, people still call me Mary all the time. It's, it's kind of hard for people to understand because if I say, hey, I'm Mary Ryan, they think I'm just being extremely corporate and, like, I'm saying my last name. Yeah. Um, so it takes people a little while, and I have to say, oh, you know, my name's Mary Ryan, and then I feel bad about telling people my real name, but Ooh. I would want someone to tell me their real name. So, um, yeah, I guess that's just, you know, a hardship. <laughs> tell me about Dallas. Dallas was great. How did that happen? So it turns out that if you email people, sometimes they will respond. Occasionally. Occasionally they will. Now you have to have the right email etiquette, I guess. Um, But that was just really luck that my email found its way into the... The bookers. What made you inbox. want to do Dallas, or what, well, was that, or was that the only place? Were there more? There were more there, and there are more. Yeah. I mean, I query clubs every week, so it's. And this club just kind of fit, kind yeah. of fit your, what you were looking for. Exactly, and they have, um, you know, like weeknight shows too. So I did a Thursday night. So mm. it's not like I headlined a Saturday night or anything, um, but I did a Thursday night, and it was. Fantastic, but um, I'm going to Austin in September, and yeah, I'm really excited. About I'm that. happy for you. Thank you. Like thank when you. I when I think of Austin, like keep Austin weird. I think I think of all the music, but I also think of Joe Rogan who yes. is there now yes. and his comedy club. And so like maybe there's an opportunity that you could actually meet some of these. I hope so. I really hope you know? so. I have one show booked there right now, and um, not a at a smaller venue sure, but sure. um i have but one there. show and i'm trying yeah it's in it's in the city limits it's in the vicinity yes and so um i'm trying to book more there right now but with dallas they just you know i send an email and i send my website my press yeah. kit and um it just worked out yeah that's wild and uh, i know we just met but like Man, I'm I'm so happy for you because Thank you. I appreciate like that. when it comes to like I know Dave Stark Horse and Starkville, mm-hmm. they have an open mic and you can do company, but typically it is a singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. And then in Columbus, the one I host, you can yeah. come do comedy, but it's a singer songwriter. Yeah. And the closest thing I can think of in North Mississippi is maybe Oxford. Yeah, and Oxford has a good scene. Um, I'm trying to actually get up there right now. I've been like mm-hmm. talking to them a little bit. Um, so they have a good scene. But I, and I want to come down here to Hattiesburg and check Southern Prohibition because I want to, I've, I've never seen, I've been to comedy shows, uh-huh. but I've never seen what an actual comedy open mic looks like. And I know it's so much different than what I have in my head. It's different. And, and there's like a lot of little micro sort of customs and rules, yeah. you know, just like there would be, pardon me. For a music open mic, um, but you got to come down there. And SoPro's great because it's a brewery and they have cocktails and the food is really good. And I love it. So my parents come to pretty much every single open mic. They're precious people and they nice. listen to me talk and um, are just so encouraging and sweet. And my husband either watches Meadow or comes with me. And it's just really fun. I get to see all my friends every week. And 
get to see my comedy friends perform. So yeah, it's special. Building it up. Yeah. Back to Dallas just for a second. Was that your longest stand up? And how long was that for? It was an hour. And that frightens me. It was frightening. I also found out that I really liked the longer form storytelling. Really? Yeah. I mean, which shouldn't surprise anybody. I love the sound of my own voice. And as much stage time as I could get, I would take it. Um, but I did a little under an hour, but an hour. And, um, yeah, it was it was really fun because you can do more callbacks. You can build more of a relationship with the audience. You can tell – you can have those, like, five to ten-minute bits that are interspersed with, like, little absurd aside comments – so um, there's more space to move around. It's mm. also important, I think, before you do an hour to have like a tight five, ten. You have to kind of work up, you know. There's levels to it. Yeah, yeah. Like and when when I listened to uh, you on the county line, and you know when I heard that you had done an hour, and I was like, my God, she has cut her teeth. She is ready, you know. I right, well, thank like, you. Like without even knowing you, just like the fact that you're adjacent to the area I'm from, I was like proud of you oh thank you thank you well I think everything in my life has kind of been leading up to this in the in the weirdest way I mean all the writing all the public speaking I did back in high school um I worked in the corporate world as the head writer of a marketing agency for three years and so I was Mm -hmm. I mean I've just constantly been writing and um constantly talking and in meetings and then teaching at the university when I did that so it's all kind of, as long as I'm reading, writing, talking, and listening to people, I'm happy. Um, and I feel like I'm living out my purpose. And so this is all of those things. And um, also I just get to be really weird and talk about all the stuff I've always wanted to talk about. And then I can be like, it's a joke, but can we talk about buttholes a little more? You know? <laughs> and it's great. And um, yeah, I'm just so thankful. And I, I didn't mean to get all cheesy but it really is like no, my no. dream life and um yeah i mean to to do what you really enjoy doing oh yeah for a living it's it's the best and i don't i don't think it would have been good for me at any other time in my life than right now like if i had gotten into it any earlier i think i think i would have you know when i was single i would have tried to do it i would have gone to la or something before the pandemic and like no, not knocking anybody who does that. For me, it wouldn't have been good. I would have become like an alcoholic tryhard, you know? And I think now that I have these like deep roots with my family who are so supportive and like having a husband and a child and like things to take care of every day. You feel well established, like you know exactly who you are? No. Oh gosh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I think I'm always discovering that. I Do I know who I am? Um... I, mm, a little bit, like my prefrontal cortex has developed, right? But I'm always learning. I'm always growing. Um, I know what my core values are. I know what I believe and I know like what my identity is as far as like a creation goes. Mm. Um, but no, I'm always discovering who I am. And like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable with being uncomfortable now. I think for a long time I was just uncomfortable. Was Dallas the first time you really stepped outside of the state of Mississippi to do comedy? No, um, I have great friends in Louisiana as well, so I. They do comedy in Louisiana. 
I mean, by default, they're just a funny people. I mean, they're fun to laugh at. No, I'm just kidding. I love my little Cajun friends. They're the best. Um, but my two best friends live in New Orleans. Uh-huh. My husband's brother lives in New Orleans. And my uncle lives there. So we go there a lot. And um, I went and did an open mic there back in August of last year. Hmm. And I just kind of like rolled up to this bar on Frenchman Street that's also a burlesque bar. It was cool. It was really cool. And I did a few Were they minutes. reading books for children? They were not reading. I wanted them. I was like, where is Hop on Pop? <laughs> I need you to read, a, what's another great children's book? The Rainbow Fish. Uh, because, you know, gay pride and communism. What, yeah. what better book to read? Bring it all together. A drag story hour. Um, no, they were not. But I did that open mic. I met some great people there. And they invited me back. And so I, like, got on that show. Which was great. And uh, I met a comedian named Mark Caesar. He is the best. He's like okay. a legend in New Orleans. He's been doing it like 21 years and just awesome, super humble guy. He's great. He asked me to open for him at Comedy House in New Orleans um, back in January for his special oh. taping. So I did two sold out shows with him. Well, and How big yes. of a crowd would you estimate? Uh, it was probably like 100 people or That's something. That's pretty cool. It was great. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And like he's just so funny. He did two tapings and it was literally two separate sets like completely that's different. impressive he's i mean he's just this like just such an expansive library of jokes you know uh-huh. um and anytime you know i just see him as a mentor and i was so new i was like what feedback do you have like what do you want me to do you know i'm open and he was like, man, just get out there and drop your nuts. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to drop my nuts. <laughs> so I did. And it was fun yeah. and it was great. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of people will, like, come up, come up and give me advice and notes when I haven't necessarily solicited or asked for it. Um, so it's nice that when I ask someone for advice, they gave me probably the best advice ever. Just drop your nuts. I was like, okay. That's good. I'll try. Three questions sure. to wrap up yes. this episode. Question one. Okay. Where do you like to write? Where do I like to write? Um, normally on my couch, in my room, or outside on the porch. Hmm. Yes. Which also, when I told my family I was going to be on a show called Porch Talk, we have this inside joke in our family where we just yell porch at each other for whatever reason. I had an in. Yeah, you had an in, and so I was like, I'm going to porch talk, and they were like, porch. (laughs) (laughs) I got to meet these guys. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. Um, But yeah, we were on a road trip. I think we were all delirious, and we would just go, porch, (laughs) when we saw a porch. I don't know. So dumb. But yeah, so I already knew this was going to go well. Couch and porches. Couch and porch, yeah. Right on. Question two is, uh, what have you learned the most as you have stepped out and done more comedy and taken more chances on yourself? Mm. Um, that you're only a comedian if you're doing it all the time. That, like, I think your comedian license expires 48 hours after a show and okay. that you have to renew your license by doing another performance every single time. So I'm just, like I said, very comfortable with being uncomfortable. So how often do you try to perform? I perform every week. So I'm renewing that license every week at open mic. And then um, I try to book, you know, as many shows as I can uh, every month. 
but like this summer it was more frequent than it is right now so I'm trying to book more right now last question it's a hard one okay what was your favorite part of this conversation oh that's oh okay um honestly when I got to ask you questions about your life okay so um I enjoy when I learn something I wasn't expecting to learn um and when I kind of learn it sideways so when you talked about your wife leaving you and we kind of excavated that that was interesting for me that was on the spot for me too sorry if it was no no traumatic no 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 wounds it's all it's it's past isn't that a beautiful it's thing? All, it's be- we're, we're, we're dogs now. We're good. That's good. Yeah. Always good. Don't call me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and last but not least is... Uh, don't call me and don't call my mom. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I love that. Please plug your socials one more time. Yes. Uh, and the website. Absolutely. So MaryRyanBrown.com, MaryRyanBrown on Instagram, MaryRyanBrown on TikTok, MaryRyanBrown on Threads. And Mary Ryan 14, 419 on Twitter slash X. X. Yeah. And we are on air. Awesome. Time is wasting time.
came running back around like a predator. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with five to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.